Hello, and welcome to our The World on the Street podcast series, where we feature thought leaders and influencers from TIS. Today's podcast is with Martin Lehmann, Director of Platform Products. And our topic today is banks and fintechs in a relationship or it's complicated. Martin, I know you joined TIS from a consultancy, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Yeah, absolutely. It's great, uh, great to be with you uh, and discuss the topic. Uh, so yeah, I've been uh, been a consultant for for twelve years, uh, recovering now for for two years. Uh, I've worked in in London for about eight years. Um, met my wife there, and then when we started the family in two thousand fifteen or so, we moved back to Germany, and I stayed in consultancy a couple more years uh, with a focus on strategy. Uh, banking, digitization, uh, but decided that in 2019, so two and a half years ago, uh, it was in order to switch to kind of fintech. Yeah? It sounded a much more uh, vibrant environment. And uh, yeah, found TIS, um, started there as a, as a partner manager. Uh, and, uh, and then at the beginning of 2021, switched towards uh, the director of uh, platform products uh, role, uh, which is super interesting stuff. Martin, then you're really very, uh, very much in a position to talk to us about fintechs because you've seen it from the inside. I'd like to go back a step. Um, there was a time maybe five years ago that fintechs were saying that banks uh, are or soon will be obsolete and fintechs would be the quote last man standing. Um, you've seen it all in your consulting role. What is your view today? Uh, it's a good point. I would I'd probably answer this in, in two points. So, so one, I would dare to guess that this is a you know very much a retail influenced answer. Uh, and if you you said you know a couple of years back, if you, if you think about the rise of the gafas and so on, uh, I can see where that where that is coming from. Yeah? They've really eaten the world. Software is in the world in general, and uh, the question is where do banks stand? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also believe that in, in corporate, uh, which is where I obviously work right now, uh, serving large corporates is a very different ballgame. Uh, that would be my, my first answer. Uh, mm-hmm. answer to this is it, it's kind of true. Um, I think the, the legacy business model of banks is a, is a thing of the past. Uh, and the future is a much more user experience focused, much more agile, fast approach. And it's all about um, uh, working well with partners in an ecosystem. And that's true for banks and fintechs. Um, But of course, you know, changing a bank is difficult. It's not something you do quickly. It's more of a big oil tanker. Uh, Lots of benefits of being a big oil tanker, but uh, changing fast is not one of them. Okay, so if I hear you correctly, the direction we're going is uh, maybe not maybe not the disappearance of banks, but certainly they'll have to change if they want to survive. For sure, for sure. Okay, yeah. so we're going to be able to live together possibly. It's maybe have we'll have to live in a relationship, okay, even if it's complicated. So, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, Martin, what do you think that banks specifically can bring to the party, even though we've talked about some of the issues. Um, and why is that so important for fintechs? 
Yeah, um, I mean, the easy answer again is kind of fintechs are agile and fast and, and, and uh, you know cool, and, and banks are bring all the trust and the size and the balance sheet and the and the customers. But I, I really think it, it goes beyond that. Uh, if you want to work well together. Um, there's a couple more things that I would consider. One is the fundamental capabilities. You know, what can each site do really well? And for fintechs, it's uh, we build and sell software. This is what we can do well. We can build it rapidly. We can build it in a way that is useful and we can sell it. We know how to sell software. And uh, banks build and sell financial products. And in order to do that in the past, and still, they're also selling uh, software uh, or they're selling software as part of the financial product, but not as a separate. Uh, so we really, I think we need each other. Um, banks, um, you know, uh, uh, they really are a threat of losing their customers because uh, the, the, the expectations on customer experience are just going up multiple levels. And on the other side, fintechs uh, without banks, uh, they're just going to continue to sell nice apps. Uh, uh, but you don't really get into this deep client relationship that really brings the value. So you really do see a complementary relationship that each one brings something to the party and that as a whole, it's worth more than the separate parts. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're still in that relationship, even though it's getting complicated. It's definitely getting complicated, <laughs> but we hopefully both see the value. Uh, so which, is, which is the key part, right? Exactly. So what do you see as the biggest barriers to working together? I mean, we've talked about some of the positive aspects. So what are the problems? In, in my experience, Really, it's uh, trust and understanding each other. It's much more of a soft barrier than a hard barrier. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we come from very different backgrounds, even though me, for example, I come from a very large uh, organization in consulting, but still for me also it was a, it was a challenge to really understand it, uh, what's happening, how large banks are, how complex they are, and I also feel that from my banking counterparts in, in all the banks that I talk to, there is always this uh, question, oh, can, I, can we really trust this fintech? Do they know not, not only what they're doing, but are their intentions really that of a partnership? And, and will uh, they last beyond X years, right? Will they last? Correct. Correct. Uh, and, and this is something that needs to be overcome. Um, in the end, uh, you know, business is always about people. People need to work together. People need to trust each other. Uh, and this is what needs to be worked on. It's much more soft than hard barriers. Okay, I totally agree. I mean, as you know, my background is uh, too many years to mention in banking. So uh, this all resonates with me. So what are they going to really learn from each other if we look at the bank and the FinTech and uh, will that learning really stick? How do you feel having dealt uh, with banks pretty intensively over the last year? There's so much to learn and everything to learn. Uh, I think the, the, the key part is to be open to learning and not feel that one, uh, that, that one side is superior to the other. I know most of the uh, leaders in, fin in FinTech that I have uh, come to meet and uh, gotten to know 
uh, they could be easily be you know managing directors in in, in big banks uh, and and probably a lot of uh, leaders in banking uh, uh, have quite an entrepreneurial spirit as well and could be strong uh, uh, fintech leaders so uh, number one this is this is really to understand we can learn from each other and appreciate that and then we must be uh, smart enough and humble enough to understand in the uh, relationship when are we student and when are we mentor to the other and then appreciate it and then you go into the hard things that you can learn from each other like product development risk management uh, you know business case assessment um, and, and uh, like I mentioned earlier how to sell new things so how to sell software as a bank uh, when in the past this was merely an enabler for your core uh, product. Uh, these things that we can really, really learn. Understood. I'd like to take a slightly different tack now. Um, we've heard about big techs consuming fintechs in order to leverage their technology, and I'm going to say only in brackets, or even kill the competition. Uh, is that also an issue with banks and fintechs? It's it's a good question. Um, I mean, this is a it's a strategy, uh, uh, you know, uh, a buy and kill strategies or buy and kill acquisitions, killer acquisitions, whatever you call it. It's a strategy in most industries. Big pharma is really well known for this. Uh, whenever there's a smaller or even a competitor of same size uh, coming in with a new drug and and, and threatening a kind of monopoly, um, it's a, it's a it's a known practice to to buy that. And, and, and kill it off uh, before it really goes to market. Uh, Visa has uh, potentially tried something like this with Plaid, um, uh, although they've abandoned. Are, are we killing the innovation though? Are they, or is it really a matter of of trying to integrate? And is that even possible in your opinion? It has to be. Uh, again, I think so. So, for from from a banking perspective, I am the the, the leader in the market. I feel this is. You know, this is a potentially valid strategy. You know, um, it, 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 it uh, gives me time to be a smart follower. And at the right moment, I can uh, swoop in, uh, buy and kill uh, the competition and, and keep the market for me. Uh, but I think it's, it's born out of a defensive mindset that's uh, not necessary. And for sure, it's bad for customers and customer experience. That's, that's clear. Um, I would say one more thing, because you asked me specifically about banking and fintech, I think this is a near impossible strategy to maintain in the fintech world. Why? I mentioned the, the, the example of pharma. There, it's heavily capital investment, uh, capital intensive uh, industry, right? Fintech is not. What happens if, you, if you're a bank and you buy a fintech or you buy some technology and then you kill it off? Well, you, you just paid out really smart people. You just gave them more money. Uh, uh, and, and they'll go away and just do the same thing again. Why, why wouldn't they, right? It's, it's pretty, you know, it's much more about ideas and then mm -hmm. developing the software about it. And then just do the next thing. And then you, you're going to end up buying them out again and, and, and so on. And if this is the way you want to maintain your, uh, your markets, uh, it's a strategy. I don't think it's a winning one. I, I have to agree with you. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully we're both right. So when I think about urgency and focus, uh, you know, we think about the fintech being the speedboat and, you know, urgent and quick mm. and laser focus. And, you know, I'm not even going to mention what we think about the banks, but um, 
can we learn from each other there? Or is that just, you know, are there two, I'm not going to say two ships passing in the night, but, you know, is that going to be a constant conflict? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what I think, and I'm curious to see what, what, what you think. Um, uh, the, in my view, so fintechs naturally have a really strong sense and culture of, of urgency. You know, uh, it, it's all about growing fast. Uh, you, you set your certain KPIs, whether it's revenue or, uh, or, or user growth or engagement, or, and you want to grow this really, really fast to, to, get, to get scale. Um, so urgency is in everything. That's an that's a everyday thing. Um, I think banks also have an urgency, but it's much more of a, a fundamental long-term strategic uh, nature. Uh, I think most leaders in banking have understood that there's a fundamental transformation going on. And if the banking industry doesn't manage to, uh, to, to change uh, and to take advantage of the new possibilities, they'll lose uh, uh, this, uh, in, in this transition. Uh, however, I would argue banks also have an incredibly high degree of focus when it comes to the overall customer relationship and specifically, uh, you know, the credit and funding relationship. I, I, haven't, I haven't yet met a bank that doesn't think this is the core of what they're doing. Uh, the customer relationship is, is really the, 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 the core element. And they also understand that all the stuff around it, you know, a nice payment platform and so on. Uh, this is uh, this is a really nice feature from their perspective for mm -hmm. its core business, uh, but it doesn't define the overall banking relationship. And I think both both sides need to understand this. And, and uh, from that perspective, I think banks have a really high degree of focus as well. I, uh, you asked my opinion, and I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to add it because I think it's uh, interesting. I, I basically agree with everything you've said. I mean, the customer focus is, is one of the really great things that banks do have. And I will say that banks didn't always have it. I think that banks started out far more internally focused and more product focused, but that's changing, and I would agree. Um, on the fintech side, I think the problem occurs quite often when a fintech gets too big. Mm -hmm. and is still managed as if it were a, you know, 20 man operation as it were by a founder uh, who is usually also the CEO. So I think that that's, if, if the FinTech doesn't grow uh, in terms of structure and, and uh, in terms of policy and so many other things, then, then you get into sort of the, the worst of both worlds or of all mm -hmm. worlds. So that's, I, I think I would say that I think banks also struggle with their whole KPI silo structure, which is, which is the negative side there. Yeah. But back to you, I'd like to ask you about the whole idea and, and you've been dealing with a lot of banks and trying to work on different cooperations and really exciting things that are going on. But what the whole legacy systems, you know, you talked about Greenfield and how, you know, for FinTechs, mm. it's a whole different world, but how do you how do you manage to cooperate with banks when they have legacy systems? Yeah, this is a, a obviously a big topic uh, or challenge from the banking side, and uh, you know even in my consulting days, I, I always thought that this is the the, the big uh, hurdle uh, that nobody can jump over. Um, so it's clearly an advantage um, for fintechs uh, or for innovation to bring in innovation through fintechs rather than develop it in, within the bank itself. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think it's also an, 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 uh, you know, an advantage to uh, see that developments and innovations really should happen outside uh, uh, of the existing banking structure. Um, and, and it's not just the infrastructure that uh, binds everything, but the processes around it. Uh, the, the compliance that has been built into the infrastructures within the banks. And um, I mean, I, I am firmly on this side that whenever you can avoid legacy systems, do it. Um, I'm not on the side of saying uh, uh, that we need to replace all legacy systems. You know, the connectivity really becomes key here. How can you connect to a system that's working well? Okay. Um, and I think uh, multi-channel multi -channel, uh, really is key here. Uh, do whatever works, keep the things that are working, leave them running. Uh, Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Agile. The word yes. of the hour, the, world, uh, the word of the century, I, I, I don't know. But everybody talks about being so agile. In your opinion, are the banks able to really be agile and pivot? They're able to pivot. So things are definitely changing. Um, I, this is, um, I mean, uh, uh, I've already seen this in consulting. Uh, uh, you know, banks spend huge amounts of money on consulting work to introduce agile into their way of work, into their development approach, into their culture overall. Um, there's a greater uh, focus on the end user, uh, I would argue, than a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Development teams are starting to work in Scrum and Sprint type of uh, approaches, and um, I mean, as we as we've seen also in Germany, there's a lot of external hires from fintechs going into banking and making things, um, let's say, uh, more flexible. This is truly agile. I don't think so. You know, what what is is a, to me is a better measure of things becoming agile is when senior managers are comfortable with a development roadmap that is two to three months out, not six or 12 months out. And when the, when the product team comes back and says, you know, we have these and these ideas for six months, but they're really just ideas and this may change. Uh, and the manager doesn't get uncomfortable, uh, then that's a good sign. Or if, if the team says, hey, we have this MVP here, we want to throw it out to our first couple of clients, we know it's not working well, but it's the first, uh, the first type of product and we want to push it to market. And the manager doesn't get uncomfortable uh, and says, yeah, let's, let's try to get feedback. That's, that's a good sign of becoming <laughs> agile. And, and this is, I think, a bigger cultural shift uh, that, that you see uh, still to come in the banks. Okay, but there's hope. I, I'm getting the feeling from you, you see hope. So if you see a light at the end of the tunnel, that's a good, that's a good news story. That's right. As I said, there's lots of uh, fintech managers going into banking and we're more comfortable. Yeah, we're, 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 we're yeah, things are getting a little bit more mixed up. So that's the good, that's exactly. in, a, in a positive way. Okay. Exactly. Um, I would have, I would have one more thing on this um, change in agile. And this is because uh, I think it, it, it really points out still the difference is, is remote working. Uh, it's, it, it, this is really, you know, at TIS, when, when Corona hit, uh, it was a seamless transition. Uh, yes, of course, we had some issues with Zoom and Teams at the beginning, but this was all uh, fine. And now it's really, uh, I mean, flexible working is standard. And we, and the impact here is on, on, the, on the talent, on the, on the talent pool that we can get. 
we can get people from anywhere. We don't really care um, as long as they're good uh, and, 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 and can work well in our team. That's great. Um, the, the reaction. That's, that but that's something that you, uh, that fintechs and banks have in common. Yes, or I don't no? know. I would argue. Questions. I mean, the, the, yeah, the I mean, the, the 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 sounds I'm hearing from banks and what you see, you know, mm-hmm. Goldman, Bank of America, most of the most of the banks, uh, the return to office policy, right? Ah, yes. And and mm-hmm. my concern is, I mean, let's see how flexible this return to office really is. But my concern from a banking perspective would be that I'm about to lose the war uh, uh, for talent uh, because of this. Uh, because uh, people do no longer expect that to take a new job, I have to move into the uh, the city or town where the office is. I, I expect right. that I have to be there every now and then. So, but in, in other words, in some ways, we're saying as the banks become more flexible or agile or open to hybrid or whatever we want to call it in every different aspect, that the co- competition for talent is going to be a lot heavier with fintechs and other participants. Absolutely. As I said before, the people that I have met in fintech leadership roles are extremely high caliber. They could just as well be extremely successful in a bank. They're usually well paid as well. Um, and they're working on, on exciting topics uh, in, in a fast and rapid uh, collaborative environment. Uh, try to match that uh, if, if you're a bank uh, as, a, as a value proposition in, in, in recruiting. It's, it's not so easy. Not so easy at all. Um, getting towards uh, uh, the end, do fintechs and banks really need each other to scale? Um, or given our world today, can either make it without the other? I mean, maybe we're better mm. together, but can you can they even make it alone? <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a relationship for, for yeah. right? That's right. That's right. We are definitely <laughs> in a relationship and it's complicated. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. So, no, I, I think... Of, of course, uh, no one can succeed alone in general. Uh, this is for banks, this counts for banks as well as for fintechs. Partnering is key. Do banks and fintechs absolutely need each other to succeed? I don't think so. You know, uh, Both can succeed without the other. Uh, is it harder? Maybe, probably. Um, fintechs can partner with other system providers. Uh, larger ones uh, and, and gain a similar scale. It doesn't have to be a bank if that doesn't work out. Uh, but banks can also uh, decide that, you know, collaboration with fintechs is too difficult, too, um, two different cultures, and it's better to reinvent yourself from the inside out and even try like a greenfield approach within the bank. You see uh, lots of banks, HSBC is doing this, Deutsche is doing this, most banks, uh, JP Morgan doing this. Um, uh, they're basically uh, building greenfield banks within the bank and within the same regulatory umbrella. So these are viable alternatives, um, but still there's a reason we're in a relationship, even though it's complicated. So, even though it's complicated. Okay, final question. Better together. Better together. Okay, that's it. The two halves are worth more than they are uh, together than, than they are apart. What technologies are particularly important for any fintech and bank cooperation? I mean, what do you see as vital or, or can't you uh, put a finger on one or two specifically? Yeah, probably. I mentioned uh, before uh, connectivity. This is, uh, this is absolute key 
Um, I mean, the, the future of connectivity, of system connectivity is API. So even though it's a buzzword, I would definitely put this in here. Uh, uh, connectivity via APIs is a core. If you're not good at that, uh, you're going to have problems. Uh, it, it drives uh, systems. It drives the, the open banking uh, uh, agenda. Uh, but again, coming back to a, to a corporate uh, context, uh, you have legacy systems, not just on the, on the banking side or even on the fintech side. You know, some fintechs are older and are also working with um, with older systems, but also on your customer side, uh, is, at least if you're working in the corporate space. And, Absolutely. And, and a lot of those systems are working well. Why, why would a customer replace an HR system that's working well, doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, just because, you know, the fintech or the bank comes and says, hey, I got a nice API endpoint that you can connect to. Well, it, it works with, uh, with file-based uh, communication, so let's do that. Um, so that's, that's for sure uh, the first one. Uh, I would, if you allow me, I would add one more, which is kind of data analytics. Data uh -huh. analytics, a data lake a technology has really come of age in the last years. And the breadth of data that is now available and accessible uh, is just massive. And, and the way we can uh, analyze it and, and uh, gain knowledge and insight out of that data is, is a completely different level. And here, uh, it, 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 again, it makes a lot of sense to try and establish an ana uh, analytics capability outside of the banking environment because it gives you a lot more degrees of freedom of what you can do if you can separate uh, your data analytics for better customer experience from data analytics, which you're doing for credit or risk assessment and so on. This is highly regulated and any data you touch there, uh, you will have lots of restrictions on it. If you can separate this out from you know, the analytics uh, I'm performing to make my product better, to make my, uh, the customer experience better, I have a lot more freedom. Not all freedom. Data protection is still an extremely high good, uh, but you have more freedom uh, than if, if you put it all under the same umbrella of uh, regulated banking environment. Then, Understood. Yeah. So there you get again the, the example of how both parties working together bring some real value to each other given their different structures and their different regulatory uh, situations for sure. Absolutely. Well, Thank you very much, Martin. Uh, thank, thank you to all of you who are listening. Uh, Kate Pohl, I'm a senior advisor to TIS, and that's the word on the street. <laughs>